millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Join us for a journey as we go back to the great civilizations of the past. Who were the people? What were they like? How did they begin and how did they end? Let's find out on episode 42, Let's Attack the Medes. Previously on the Fan of History, Manua, king of Urartu, expanded his power in what is today Armenia. The kingdom of Judah lost a war against Israel. Well, Dan, after all that, what are we looking forward to today? Well, now we are in the 780s BC. And Adonirai III is the king of the Neo-Syrian Empire. He's the sixth king. The Assyrians are the strongest state in the Near East, with Urartu a close second and a rival. Uh, Adonirai III is a warrior king. He has been around for many episodes now, and he will be around a little while longer. We only have details for his western campaigns, which means that we don't know much about when he attacked the Medes. Oh no. What happened, but we'll talk about it anyway, because that's what we do. <laughs> exactly. There might be a reference to Adar Neroi III in the Bible. Wow, really? In Jonah 3.6 to 3.9, there is King of Nineveh. And he receives Jonah's prophecy of forthcoming doom. And then he decides to dress in sackcloth and order a fast. Is that the English word? Fast? Yeah, where you don't yeah, eat? Throughout, throughout Nineveh. In a, and it's successful because with this fast and the sackcloth on the Assyrian king, uh, the doom is prevented. This story does not check out. <laughs> Because simply the capital of Assyria is not Nineveh. Right. Nineveh will become the capital later, but the capital is still in Kala, where Ashurnasipal put it. So Adonir III's capital is Kala, not Nineveh. So, mm, yeah. But if you you try to identify this king, it's uh, most likely Adonir III. So... About the state of the empire, Adarniroi III has done a lot to stop the decline of the Neo-Assyrian Empire, but the empire is crumbling under its own weight. The system is not designed to support a state of this size. 
And remember that Ashurnasipal II, he made all the governors of provinces eunuchs. Oh, but yeah. This is long gone. So we have powerful houses controlling the provinces. And it's all turning Game of Thrones-like. Hmm. So each one of the formally um, held by eunuch um, cities are now well entrenched with a specific genealogy. Yeah, I talked about how this happens because this happened to Joe China as well. Yep. And uh, the thing is, the king has a trusted general that he really likes. So he's like, I can put this guy as the governor of the province because I can really trust this guy. And the general is like, I am 100% loyal to the king. I will govern this province and obey the king. And it all works out. But then one of them dies. Yep. And the next generation takes over. Then two, three generations later, there is no loyalty left. Except what is forced on them. So um, Syria is uh, going to have civil problems in the order of the empire. We also don't really know what's going on in Babylon, if Babylon even counts as part of the empire of Babylonia, the country around the city of Babylon, the so southern Mesopotamia. But for now, Adarni Roy III and his strong field marshal Shamshi'ilu is keeping the empire together and it looks kind of okay. So let's jump over to Greece, because Greek, the Greeks will take over this podcast. <laughs> there will be episodes where we'll talk only about Greeks. They will become the new Assyrians. <laughs> yes, in a very different way. But the Greeks are now ready in, 780, in the 780s BC to begin taking over the Mediterranean. The, the colon, we will spend a whole episode talking just about this colonization process because it's unparalleled. It's so extreme. There are already colonies. We talked about Almina in Syria. We talked about the Ionian coast of Turkey. And we talked about the Bay of Naples, where there are already Greeks. The island of Euboea, this backwater today, mm -hmm. is the center of Greek power. But in the next decade, in the 1770s BC, somebody will have a brilliant idea how to unify the Greeks, how to make the Greeks great. So something extraordinary that will still influence the world this very summer of 2016. Uh, it will happen in the 770s BC and we'll spend an episode on that too. The Greeks are gradually forgetting about the concept of being Dorians or being Achaeans and they're more and more becoming Hellenes, uh, Greeks. Remember, Greek is a word that the Romans used for... They got it from one Greek tribe, and they just used it on all the Greeks. But the, the correct term is Hellenes. Okay. So the Greeks never talked about themselves as Greeks in ancient times. Uh, the Greeks are also about to rediscover writing. They have not had writings during the whole Dark Age, and not since... The 12th or the 13th century have then been able to write anything down. So when they pick it up again, do they pick up the, the old way or do they come up with a completely new way? 
No, the old way of writing was uh, lost and uh, some of it has been uh, discovered by scientists and we can now read it, but they could not read it in the oh. 8th century BC. Okay. So they will pick up writing from the Phoenicians. Oh, right. Phonetic. I forgot. Yes. But now, let's see what Adar Nirari III is up to. In 789 BC, Adar Nirari III decides to Attack the Medes! Attack those Medes! Attack the Medes! There are eight wars against the Medes during Adad Nirar III's reign. <laughs> and we don't know what this is about. We know that the Medes is uh, pretty much a horse people in the Sagros Mountains in Iran. And we, we don't know who's ruling them. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know why they're getting attacked by the Assyrians all the time. But apparently the Assyrians can't beat them. They are never made into a vassal state. It is possible that they are, the Medes are vassals of the Meneans, but why are the Meneans not getting attacked here? It is the Medes getting attacked. Or maybe at this time, Mede was a term meaning anybody in the Sagros Mountains. It seems strange because I, I get it if they're taking horses because they clearly need horses. But how could sacking, you know, basically horse farmers year after year yield anything for them? Because, you know, it's going to, it would take time. Just, I mean, let's just talk, you know, horse husbandry. You're going to have to give them time to replenish their stock. Because if you took all of them, you know, they're not going to have any more horses. So it's going to at least take a year. I guess they would have they would have to do it very selectively. I don't know. It's it seems so strange that they would attack over and over again. You're going to deplete you would deplete their stock so much that like my 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 mind goes to like this is a a big attacking conspiracy like they didn't really do it. They said Hey, every year we're gonna make a lot of noise, and but what we're really gonna do is come here and buy a lot of horses. Because <laughs> who's gonna tell on them? Seriously, they just kind of go hang out yeah. in the mountains for a while, you know, chill out. Maybe they fight a little bit to you know to so everybody feels kind of good about themselves. If they attack someone and says that he's a mead. Yeah, oh no, those, the, those idiots down there. Yeah, we're going to attack them and say we beat y'all up. Is that cool? Yeah, fine with us. We don't care. <laughs> Here's some horses. Yeah, because the Assyrian king has a religion. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's duty to go on campaigns. He has to write something in the Chronicle that yeah, this exactly. year I attacked... And if he has nothing to fill in, maybe he fills in the meads. He just fills in the meads, exactly. They go and buy horses. 
and say, uh, we we beat up the Medes. You know, those I, I think also that uh, mountain warfare is kind of not the the thing the Assyrians like to do a lot. So, and the Sagres Mountains are smaller than the the mountains of Urartu, as okay. I understand it. So maybe this is just exercise for the war that the Assyrians know will come. They want to invade Urartu again. Maybe they can practice in the Sagros Mountains against the Medes. But they are very different enemies because the Medes will probably just retreat like any barbarian people. Sure. Uh, whereas the Urartians never retreat. Or they will retreat, but they, they are fortifying. Their, their strategy is building forts to defend their mountains. And the Medes are not building any forts. Hmm. But we will attack the Medes again in, later in this episode, so let's move on to 788 BC, <laughs> where Adad Nirori III gets uh, religious and builds a temple to Naboo. Naboo? Yes, and this is not the, the Star Wars planet. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the scribe of the gods in the Mesopotamian pantheon. Okay. That is another Babylonian god that is influencing Assyrians. Remember, the Assyrians are monotheists. Oh. They worship Asher, the god of war, who is all gods. But that includes the aspect of Asher that is Nabu. So the worship of Nabu in Assyria is suspiciously like the worship of Nabu in uh, Babylonia. But this started way back with Ashurnasipal II, who also had a soft spot for the scribe of the gods, Nabu. This temple is finished in 787 BC. The Assyrian kings, after hunting and going on campaign, they love building stuff that stands around and reminds people of how great they were. Mm -hmm. So all the Assyrian kings up to this point have built stuff. And we mentioned some of it. Uh, the biggest thing is probably the capital of Kala, built by Ashurnasipal II. But we will see that after Adad-Niroi III, this building process really declines as well. Because Adad-Niroi III built other stuff as well. He built uh, his own palace at Kala. Okay. He built stuff. Uh, he built a palace in Nineveh. And Nineveh is one of these ancient Assyrian cities that has been around from the very start of the empire. But Nineveh is not yet the capital then. It will be the final biggest amazing capital of the Neo-Syrian Empire. But it, it, that's not yet. And then uh, Shamshi Ilu, the field marshal, mm -hmm. did uh, extensive repairs and fortifications at Fort Chalmaneser, which is the old Bittadini capital in the north, which is sort of turning into a, a war capital for Shamshi Ilu. And it's his hometown, so he really likes this place. Very close to Rartu. Uh, also in 788 BC, Adam III has to attack someone. And can you guess who he attacks? Hold up. Let me think. Could it possibly be the Medes? Yes! In 788 <laughs> BC, Adam III attacks the Medes. In 787 BC, Adad-Nirari III attacks the Medes. The Medes. <laughs> Three years in a row. Gotta beat up those Medes. Those Medes are some, they're just some jerks. Yeah, I think it's like the uh, industrial military complex in Neo-Syria. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, we can't do that because we are at war with the Medes. Right. <laughs> what are these Medes? I've never seen them. Oh, they are in the mountains. Oh, right. I assure you, there are Medes, and they need to be beat. <laughs> yes, I know you have civil rights, but uh, we can't. Uh, we, we can't. Uh, we have to ignore them now because we are at war with the Medes. Yeah, that's this. This is this repeating itself, Dan. It sounds <laughs> yes. so familiar. In 786 BC, the III attacks Kisku. What? Not the Medes? No, maybe it's the Medes. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know what Kisku is. If anyone knows what this is, please let me know in the comments. Because uh, this is just an entry in the Epinom Chronicle. And the Epinom Chronicle is uh, a continuous document with just one line, pretty much, for every year that says who was attacked. It says two things. It says, during the eponomy of someone, uh, and for this year, it's during the eponomy of Nabu Sara Usur, the governor of Talmusu, uh, the king campaigned against Kisku. So we know somebody important becomes the eponym name of this year. And okay. in the first year of the king, it's always the king. Sure, sure. But then it's like the highest honor in Assyria to get into the Epinom Chronicle. And then your, your title and then who was attacked this year. So this year they go to Kisku. And maybe that's a mid uh, town or something. Hmm. But we don't know. So now we are in 786 BC. Those Medes are uh, getting the <laughs> deserved attention for some reason. <laughs> Adarniror III is still around. And that's where we are going to leave him this time. We're just going to leave him there, huh? Yes. Occupied with the mead problem. Yeah. The ever-growing mead problem. He wants to keep your children safe from the meads, Dan. <laughs> yes. They'll have to trust the king and the provincial governors because the meads could come any day. Exactly. And it is... It is interesting to think about that when the Neo-Syrian Empire falls and the capital gets sacked and destroyed in 612 BC, guess who does it? The Medes. The Medes? <laughs> yes. Oh man, they are tired there of getting There will be payback for all these attacks. <laughs> so, so the threat was real, right? Right. But it's 170 years later than this. Oh, so, yeah, either they were some serious uh, prophet, uh, prophesying, was it prophesying? Prophesying, right? That's how you say yep. it. Unless they, yeah, unless there were some serious prophets going on, this just seems like a self fulfilling <laughs> uh, issue. They created this enemy that they overtook sh- them in the end. They sure did. I think all the Medes just carry grudges for a very long time. Oh, that's probably true, too. All right. Well, our next episode, it looks like we're going to enter into those dark, dark days. And it's time to meet the not-so-mysterious Etruscans for the very first time. Oh, yes. All right. So let's 
have everybody go to the YouTube channel. Like and subscribe, share, tell your friends about us. Write a review on iTunes and we will read it on this very podcast. So, also, don't forget, facebook.com slash fanofhistory, patreon.com slash fanofhistory to keep this podcast going. Become a Patreon, even for a dollar an episode. It would really help us with our uh, goals of continuing on the stories. Definitely. Doing a podcast costs money, and we'd like to continue <laughs> beyond. We, we, I promise to do this until 701 BC and the destruction of Sennacherib. But in order to go further, in order to go into the amazing 7th century BC and watch the Medes destroy Assyria, <laughs> we have to find some... Uh, some advertisers or sponsors, uh, you can help out True. at patreon.com slash fan of history. Yeah, we don't mind having a sponsor for the show. We will read your, you know, whatever you need us to tell people. Just let us know. If there are any meads out there, maybe <laughs> you would sponsor us. Yeah. Hey, man, we're on your side. Those guys were jerks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you've been through. Exactly. <laughs> we read all about it. All right. Well, I guess for this week, I am Brennan. And I'm Dan. And this has been The Fan of History. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash fan of history. Just a dollar an episode would help us out. Thanks, and see you next time.